I'm good. Nice to hear your voice. Yeah, same. Hi, it's Leonie. And in today's episode of Young People Giving Adults Advice, I talked to a young person who grew up in a small town and he had big dreams. He's lived in China, he's learned English, and now he's studying in Sydney. Here he is. So, my name is Filippo um, and I'm 23 years old. I first came to Australia when I was 16. Um, I lived with a local family um, not far from Sydney and I went to high school uh, for a semester because when I was 16 I realized that um, in Italy we don't learn English properly so and, and I couldn't uh, bear with the idea that I was a young person in 2000 and at that time was, I don't know, 2014 and I was not able to speak English. So I decided to come to Australia, learn English, and then I moved back to Italy, finished my high school there, um, and then yes, moved back to Australia for university. So tell me more about what that's like. You're in Italy, you're 15 or 16 years old, and you're aware that you don't speak English. So what does that mean in the big scheme of things? You know, English is my native language, so it just feels like it's not an important thing to me. Yes. So um, I think that people um, at that age in Italy, and I believe it's the same in other um, near countries like France and Spain, um, do not realize how important English is because we we're used to living um, in our own little space. Um, we, everything in those countries is just dubbed. Every book is um, is translated. Every movie um, is translated. We don't get in contact with the English language. We we don't we know it's probably the most spoken language in the world, uh, but but we don't feel the need of learning it until we um, try to make bigger plans for ourselves. Um, I've always had in my head that um, that I wanted to become someone more than just, I don't know, I come from a small city and I always felt the need of becoming something bigger than my small city. I always felt the need of traveling the world. And when I realized that by speaking Italian, I, will, I would have not been able to do so. Uh, that was when I realized that I needed to do something to learn English, and that for me was not a, like it was not possible to do it in where I was, where where I'm from. Yeah. Interesting. Can I go back a little bit and talk about the idea of feeling like you wanted to do something bigger than your little town? Where did that come from? I don't know. I believe it's just it was born with me 23 years ago. Uh, I don't know, I've always felt that I had the potential to become someone and I don't even want to sound too full of myself. I, I believe that everyone was born to do th- something with their lives and everyone um, can be happy with what they have, um, even if it's just living in my, home, my small hometown in Italy. I just felt that for me, that was not what I wanted. I wanted more. I want to. I wanted to get a good job, um, 
eventually outside of Italy or or something that would allow me to travel a lot um, and explore the world. And so, yes, um, I can't remember of a, of a specific point when I realized that I wanted to become more than my small hometown. I, I always felt it. And now that you're 23 and I'm guessing you either have finished university or you're doing university, what do you see as where your direction is now? So um, I'm still halfway through my university. Uh, I took a um, couple of years, a uh, couple of gap years uh, to travel before. Um, so I do consider myself as being on the right track. There's been a um, few moments in my life where I felt lost and everything. I'm the type of person that plans a lot and some of those plans did not, um, yeah, I was not able to um, follow through with those plans. So, and I kind of felt like I failed, but then I always managed to get back on track. And so coming to Australia was one of these decisions was um, a decision to get back on my tracks. Um, and right now I feel like I'm in the right direction. Um, I feel that once I'll be done with uni, I will be able to get to start the career that I always wanted. And so how long have you been in Australia now? Uh, as of now, it's almost three years. Yes, I arrived in October 2017. Mm-hmm. And what are you studying? I'm studying data engineering. Wow, I know very little about that. <laughs> so um, data engineering is, um, many people think, when they think of data, they think of data analysis. So, But that's just the last step. And that's something that um, a data engineer usually doesn't do. A data engineer is um, someone that does everything that is at the back. So mainly, it's really hard to describe with um, easy words, at least for myself, but um, I'm going to try. Uh, that engineer is someone that uh, designs the whole architecture um, of how data are used. So from the collection of data until the data analysis. So um, in an easy example, um, I don't know, supermarkets. Um, we all have fidelity cards for supermarkets. Mm-hmm. So the collection of data happens when you scan your rewards card um, when you pay. So in that way, supermarkets know what your buying habits are. So what you usually buy, what time you do your shopping, um, and many other information that you might not even realize you're giving them. And then... Um, the second step is using store, storing those data, and that usually happens in databases. And then the third step is analyzing those data and making predictions out of those data. And for supermarkets, there's so many ways they predict. Um, so it's, I don't know, they use those data, for example, to um, decide what opening times they will do, or to send you personalized advertisements, or to plan discounts and many other, yeah, many other reasons, many other predictions, yes. Yeah, I guess I I work very much on the outside of that. I hear people talking about data a lot, obviously, in, in this world. 
But to you, from your insider perspective, what's the most surprising thing or shocking thing that you've learned about data, what's collected? Um, so when I started to study um, data engineering, I knew very little about it because I always thought that I was going to study uh, software engineering. And then when I moved to Australia and I saw that, uh, um, that my university was offering this course, I was like, I thought, um, this is something new. This is where the world is going right now. So, and that's, and I feel like I'm gonna um, have more possibilities if I study this. So um, going back to your question, um, it was a whole new world for me when I stepped into my university and I started doing my first classes. And I think the most shocking thing was the amount um, of data that are collected nowadays. And because we, um, I used to think of that as something that is going to happen in the future. I was not thinking of it as something that is already happening. But then by studying it, I realized how many data are actually collected now and how many things um, companies know about us. It's, um, people might think that it's a bad thing, um, I don't have a clear idea if it's a good thing or bad thing. Um, but yeah, the amount of things that companies know about us is shocking. Yeah, I guess it comes down to that power and who has it. And because it's such an unknown, even for you, it makes me even a little more nervous, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that there's not really much to be nervous about. Um, so, the point is um, companies, engineering companies, need to be socially responsible for what they do. Um, until um, We all know that they're collecting data on us, uh, but until they use them for the purposes that they say they're using them for, we shouldn't be worried about that. Um, the problem is when, um, for any reason, it happens that those companies use them for... Um, something that we don't know about, something that they didn't tell us, then that's when we should be worried about. But I believe that's something um, that happens in every field. So yes, as a, I'm not that worried about it, but it can happen. We saw it happen with Facebook. We saw it happen with other companies, but that's something illegal. So I mean, I don't know, like, um, of course we have to be worried, but it's not something that it's that common. Yeah, I guess there's... I, I was working in a startup hub for a while and there is a lot of, you know, new companies that are talking about data and big data. And one of the companies was talking about as as a as a customer, as a consumer, that we have the possibility to sell our data. And I just never understood how that would even be possible. Do you know what that means? So um, what happens is, for example, when you sign up for a Fidelity program, I'll just go back um, to the supermarket things because I believe it's an example that is practical and it's been around for a while. So it's easy to understand. Um, sometimes when you sign up, you agree for um, third-party companies to send you advertisements. So that now happens via email. So Maybe you go to a supermarket, you sign up for their Fidelity card, and then after a week you receive advertisements uh, from another company that you never signed up for, that you never agreed in receiving uh, advertisements from. And that happens because um, that supermarket sold um, your email address to a third-party company, and that third-party company now can send you um, emails, like advertisement emails. 
And is that illegal when they sell that? Or I've signed up to it essentially. So somewhere in the contract it will say that I, I, I condoned that. Yeah, it's not illegal because, um, as you said, you signed for it. Um, you agreed to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do get a lot of spam, so that makes some sense. <laughs> yeah, I want to go. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how to avoid it, but um, I want to go back to where you spoke about a couple of times in your life you felt like you tried to achieve something and you felt like you failed. Could you take me through that a little more? I'm quite interested in the idea of failure and success. So, um, when I was um, in high school, um, I thought like my biggest objective was to um, enroll in a really important university in Milan um, that is among the best uh, university in the in the world for software engineering. Um, it was not to get into the university, you have to go through um, an entrance test that is not even uh, complicated. It's nothing special. It's just a basic um, knowledge test for mathematics and physics. Um, what happened is that during my last year of high school, I was going through a, um, how do I explain it? Maybe uh, a teenager year, you know, like every teenager at some point in their life have uh, crisis uh, when we're trying to find ourselves. So I was going through that in my last year of high school and I was not able to study. I was acting as a rebel. Um, so the, I managed to fail that test and not get into the university. So um, my only option was to get into a smaller university near my hometown. And that was something that um, to me was unbearable. I would have rather not go to university. So in, I, I remember being in my bed one night, uh, scrolling through Google and trying to find um, something to do um, instead of going to university. And that's when I came across the possibility of going to China and do what, my gap year in China while teaching English. Um, and then when I was there, I realized that I could come to Australia and and then and that's my life now. But yeah, so um, the my biggest failure in life is not being able to go to the University of Milan, but it somehow turned out to be a good decision, I guess, because um, now I'm here and I'm definitely not regretting that. But yeah, that's the main mistake, uh, the biggest regret. What point then did you feel like, actually, I've turned this so-called failure into a success? When I started um, university here, yeah, so it didn't happen when I enrolled. It didn't happen when I landed in Australia. Um, it happened the day I started um, my first class because I realized that um, this idea that I had to go to that specific university, to that specific city to succeed was wrong. Um, and I did not realize that until I stepped into my um, university here in Sydney. And uh, yeah, and I realized that maybe this university is even better than that one, or I don't know, every person has a faith. Um, I, 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 I don't really believe in fate. I believe that we uh, build our own fate, but I don't know, somehow I ended up in Sydney and not in Milan. And, um, and when I, 
got in when I started my first class, I realized that it wasn't that bad. It was actually maybe better. Yeah, that's always interesting, isn't it? Because how that you can feel that failure is so black and white and then down the track, like now you've been at uni for three years. So you look back at that moment when you felt like you failed. How do you see that now? Or even how can you look at failure more broadly? So um, I look back at that moment um, and I personally wouldn't change it because that taught me a lot. Um, as you said, that taught me that failure is not just black and white. Um, that taught me that from failure, you can create your, your own success. Um, that taught me that failures teach you something. And without failures, we, we would probably never be able to succeed. I don't know anyone that never failed, even the biggest um, people that we know, the smartest people that we know, failed at some point. Um, so looking back at that moment, um, as I said, I, I would do it a hundred times again, like all over again. But I remember how I used to feel and it's not the best feeling. But but yeah, I, I don't think that I'll ever feel that way again, even if I'll fail again, which I probably will. Um and I have failed after that, mo that moment. I have failed many other times. But um, that taught me that from failures, you can find success and you can create your own future from failures. So are you looking forward to your next failure? Oh, I, I definitely am. I know it's <laughs> going to happen probably tomorrow <laughs> or two, two days from now. I keep failing every day. But... Um, but as I said, yes, um, definitely, definitely. Um, failures taught me a lot. Yeah, I was having dinner at my place with some um, sort of family the other day and somebody said, we don't actually make change in our lives until we feel pain. And I thought, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense, but I don't want to believe it. And I think it's stuck in my mind and thinking, is the only way I'm going to change if I feel pain, what do you think about that? Well, I do believe that we don't make changes until we're forced to, because we, um, mostly myself, um, but I've seen it with a lot of other people. Um, we just become really lazy when we have something and we just believe that we're okay with it. Um, we, we know we can improve, but we just become lazy. We, we're okay with what we have. So we don't, we don't need to improve. But then it comes to a point when um, we don't have what we have anymore. So we, we just start, um, we're forced to improve ourselves. And, and, and I think that's what you were asking. So when we, um, let's say I have a job, I know I can get something, like I can get a better job, but I'm okay with this job. It pays enough, I guess it satisfies me enough. So I will never change it until I get fired. And then at that point, I'm forced to change the job. And then I'm going to make it to the better job. Do you think you can change with, without pain? I guess that's the part that stuck with me. Am I really only going to make changes in my life if I feel pain? Like, I want to feel like I'm proactive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you definitely can. Uh, I believe you can. Um we all can. Yes, we can. I mean, I, I, uh, I always thought that I, 
that I would have never stepped into a gym. And then one morning I woke up and I was like, oh, you know what? Today I'm going to a gym. I'm going to sign up. And I did it. Uh, nothing special happened. I just woke up that way in the, that morning. Uh, so we can. We can definitely be proactive. So there doesn't have to come from pain. But yeah, some sometimes, you know, as I said, we just uh, feel lazy. We don't do it. But I'm pretty sure that you can be proactive enough uh, <laughs> to make changes in your life. So what makes a successful life, do you think? Everyone has different opinions on that. And it's a really personal question. Um, for many people, uh, it's family, I think. Uh, for others, is a good career. From my point of view, is it is a good career, but um, when a lot of money comes from it. Um, I don't want to sound superficial, but I wouldn't consider um, myself successful if I was not able to um, make a really good living out of what I'm doing. That's really interesting. And I'm, I'm trying not to make comparisons with the other people I've, I've interviewed, but it is interesting after a certain number. I feel like there's such a consistent message of money isn't everything, money doesn't matter. And I think it's such a big piece of it. That's why I'm really excited that you say that. How do you feel when you come across people who say money doesn't matter as long as you're happy? Well, um, as I said, everyone's idea of happiness is different. Um, so I'm definitely um, no one to judge if they think um, that money don't make happiness. Um, and I also don't fully believe that. I mean, I know that money is not the only thing that makes happiness. But um, because at this stage of my life, I'm really um, career driven. So, um, and to me, as I said, a good career means um, having a job that gives me the chance of earning um, a, not a lot of money, but making, as I said, a good life out of what I'm doing. Um, so, as I said, like, um, if someone comes to me and says, I don't even want to work, um, to me, as long as I have a family, um, I'm happy with that. And, and I, I understand that. It's just that I don't agree with it um, for myself. So, yes, um, if someone tells me that, I, as I said, I, I can just, I can only agree with that because everyone is different. Everyone's um, objectives are different. Everyone, everyone's priorities are different. And how did you come to, I guess, why is money important to you? Uh, because, uh, because I like nice things, I guess. <laughs> because I like what, uh, what, what money, what comes from money. Yeah. I guess I'm interested in my own journey of, and my relationship with money. I used to work in the arts. I now work in, in a business, but I work with a lot of very big companies and, I just see my own perceptions of money change. And I guess that's why I'm interested is I see a lot of adults struggle with money, whether they like it or not. I think even if they love it, they might have too much of a love of it. Whether they hate it, it means a rejection of it. But there's always an opinion of it, right? It's such a, it's such a thing we don't talk about. And I find a lot of people struggle with it. So how do we find the sweet spot? So money is such a big thing in our life um, because everything that 
surrounds us is somehow related um, to money. So to get a place to live, we need money. Um, to buy food, we need money. In everyone's mind, um, money is a big thing. It's true around us. There's um, a lot of people that struggle with money. And being honest, at this stage of my life, uh, I am also sometimes struggling with money. I mean, um, I'm a student um, living away from home. So like, I, I do understand the struggle with money. I do understand it can be uh, much worse when you have a family um, that you need to feed. But I also realize that for some people, money, um, that for this reason, um, for some people, money can be a really bad thing, um, can look like the enemy. Because to them, money is what's between them and reaching what they want. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it's complicated. It's such a hard question. Yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing <laughs> study of mine, I think, to understand my own relationship with money, let alone, you know, the world's and a contemporary society and young people. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's something we all carry. And I guess there's an element from our parents, right? I find a lot of my values around money come from my parents. See, uh, this is something that I can't relate to. Um, my parents are definitely not like this. My parents are um, the type of people that as long as there's family, as long as there's health, um, they're happy. Um, and and my brother, for example, um, took this from them. I don't know, I'm like the black sheep of the family when it comes <laughs> to this topic. Um, and because it's a such it's such an important thing for me, um, we had discussion over it um, a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> yes, so yeah, it definitely didn't come from my parents. Um, I don't know where this um, thing came from, honestly. <laughs> and what are those discussions like? Does Does it cause frustrations in your family or...? Oh, no, 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 definitely not. Um, maybe discussion is the wrong word. Um, they're not arguments. They're just, um, you know, talks, like chats, and they just, they're just curious of why money is so important to me, why um, to me a successful life means um, having a lot of money. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's just, it's just an um, exchange of opinions. So beyond money, what else will lead to a successful life for you? Um, being surrounded by um, people that I love and give me that love back. Um, it, either in our relationship or friendships or family. Um, I, yeah, I'm really scared of loneliness. Um, so yes, um, relationships are another big part um, of a successful life for me. That's a really interesting thing to be scared of and then choose to live on the other side of the world from your family and your close friends. Well, um, so what happened with me is that um, every time that I moved um, somewhere different, um, so the first time that I came to Australia, um, when I moved to China, when I came back to Australia, um, there were all points in my life when... I felt the need of going somewhere else. Um, I don't know why. Um, I've had, I, I kept having this feeling inside me that I was not happy anymore in that place. So, um, 
and I do, uh, as as you said, like um, it's kind of controversial, but uh, but anyway, now in Sydney, um, I, I do have some family here in Sydney, um, some relatives. I I do have my brother with me now, um, and at the same time, I have a lot of friends. Um, I, I've been lucky enough to make a lot of friendships. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm happy for yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And um, speaking of friendships and relationships and the future, how do you think your family will look like? And I use this word very loosely, you know, whatever family means to you and wherever you'll be, is it blood relations? Is it uh, are friends like family to you? What will it look like or ideally? So um, I have to admit that I, I do feel um, – that right now I'm happy, not not happy, but I'm okay with being far from my parents. But I do realize that in the future, I might feel um, a stronger need of having my my parents closer to me, especially because Australia is just so far from Italy. Um, it's not like you can decide um, to go there twice or three times a year. Um, it's always it always takes a long time planning to to meet them um but having my brother here helps that a lot so um i really hope that um at least um i will keep having my um my brother here and i and yes i also believe in um friends as family um I'm, I, I strongly believe in that uh so i i really hope to being able to keep um the many friends that I have now, um, especially the closest ones, um, close to myself for, for the future. And do you think you'll have a family of your own? I hope. <laughs> uh, it's not my biggest priority right now, but it's, um, and it's not something that I easily say because I always like to come across as the person that doesn't care about affections, but, um, deep inside I really hope that one day I will have family um, and it doesn't have to include kids um, I would love to have some uh, but it doesn't have to uh, as long as there's someone next to me yeah that's nice and so if you if you were painting the ideal picture would you have kids in the white picket fence or I don't know <laughs> um Potentially, not many, probably just one, uh, but, but potentially, yes, yeah. maybe just one. And for you, it's you have one brother or do you have more brothers and sisters? Only one, only one brother. Yeah. Family, I guess, today is, yeah, is an interesting one. And I guess living in Australia, families are getting smaller. We live in a world that's changing a lot. I think people's relationship to having a family is changing or maybe there's going to be more family out of everything that's happening at the moment. Do you think wh – where do you think it's going in, in that bigger sense of society? Do you think they'll people are going to have more children, less children? Do you think there's a responsibility in that? I don't know. So um, I look around myself and I can see that um, the idea of family is changing really fast. Um, it's changing a lot. Um, it changed a lot since I started to grow up, since I was, since I started 
to look around me and see families, I can see that 15 years from then, um, families are changing. Um, to, um, we are seeing um, extended families. Um, we're seeing more same-sex um, families, um, couples that have kids. And and I think that... Um, the real, like the real answer is, I don't know if we're gonna have um, more families um, because of this. If we're go- if families are gonna have more kids, um, right now looking at the data, I believe that uh, families are having less kids. Um, I'm assuming that's also for a financial um, aspect. Um, but then we look at countries where um, families are having more and more kids. So I don't know. Uh, I believe that in Australia for the next foreseeable future, families will have less kids. Um, but I'm not expert in the field, so I don't really know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we none of us know. I think that's just it. If we keep sharing our thoughts and looking at it differently, it's it's um, it's an interesting world to look at. I think I, I don't have children and it's one of those things where I looked back and thought, people will choose to have kids or not. And most of my friends did. And I was really surprised. It didn't seem like a choice. It just felt like everyone did it. So I think that's why I'm interested to see where the next generation will go. And if it'll just, if it's a human nature thing, or if people are making more decisions about the environment, the future, that kind of thing. Yes. um, So I believe that having kids um, is such a personal thing that, I've never experienced this need. I'm I might be too young. I don't know, but um, I I believe that there there will come to a point um in every person's life um when they'll feel the need to have a child if that moment will come, and I I don't feel that myself. I don't feel that I want to force myself into having a child until the moment comes, because um I think that both partners in a relationship or I don't know, like at this stage also um, single people that decide um, to adopt kids. Um, But I think that everyone that decides to have a child um, has this need, feel uh, feel this need inside them. Of course, it it happens that um, the kids also... um, arrive in moments when you're not expecting them um, and there's nothing wrong with it uh, but if I will have to um, plan a child um, I would definitely uh, wait to feel inside myself the need of having a child mm. I wouldn't force myself into doing such a big step yeah yeah that sounds reasonable <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just interested about, you know, we've sort of covered a few things now and about uh, the future, work, success, uh, family. Is there somebody amongst all of that that you look up to? Is there someone either in your family or the world, someone famous in any direction that you really look up to? Mm, There are few people that um, inspired me inspired me in my life that I look up at. Um, there's no one in particular. Like, um, 
I, I really um, respect and look up at my mom when it comes to family um, and when it comes to um, strength and courage. Um, I look up at some of um, the teachers that I came across with that I had the pleasure to to work with um, when it comes to career and knowledge. Um, I look up some of my friends when, um, when it comes to other qualities. Um, and maybe also um, some other people when it comes to, um, I don't know what they have achieved. Um, as I said, no one in really in particular, um, but many, many people for many different aspects. Yeah. So if you were to give adults advice, what would it be? That's a, that's a tough question. Um, to definitely um, to let young people be young people. Um, let us um, do mistakes, and that's in with their in their rapport with young people and for themselves is to never believe that they're too old. I've seen um, I've seen a lot of um, adults that I had the pleasure to collaborate with that they always felt they were at um, at, this, at a stage of their life when they couldn't go um, any further or they couldn't um, change their life. But I strongly believe that it's never too late to do anything. Can you give me an example of somebody that you've seen who thought that and what vision you saw for them? Um, okay, so an example can be uh, my parents. So... Um, They've been thinking of coming to Australia quite quite a lot, moving here, um, but they've always thought um, that they're too far in their lives to make this big step. Um, could be the language barrier, barrier could be the age, um, but so this never happened. I do believe that um, it will never happen. Um, I don't know if like coming to Australia for them would be the best idea um, could also be like the wrongest choice they could ever make. But um, that's just an example of how people come to a point in their lives and they're like, no, I'm done. Um, this is everything I can achieve and I can't do anything more. I'll just mm. stay with what I have and and I'm happy like this. And do you think about your own life and want to to keep learning as you get older, I imagine? Oh yeah, it definitely does. Um, I'm I'm also kind of scared that I, I will come. It will come a point in my life when I'll um, I'm gonna be uh, what I'm judging now. <laughs> so I would look back and I'm like, oh, uh, like I just became what I was criticizing, uh, and that would probably happen. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I really hope that in my life I will always be able to challenge myself and and keep learning and keep making changes in my life whenever I feel like I need to make those changes. Hmm. And if you were ruling the world today, what would you do? Okay. <laughs> I ask everyone that question, so I know it's a little bit confronting, but you know, give it your, give it a um, shot. <laughs> yeah, so um I would definitely do my best. Um I mean, I think that it's really easy to talk about these things, but then it's definitely hard to implement these things. But um, my 
one of my greatest dreams is um, for the world and for the people, um, for everyone in the world to be more inclusive um, with every person can be sexual orientation, race, um, or any other type of discrimination. I just hope that one day we'll just be able to um, not live with those kind of discriminations anymore. Yeah. Great. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Filippo. It's been really nice talking to you. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Liam. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to find all the others, just go to your favourite platform, Young People Giving Adults Advice, and hit follow because we'll be releasing a new episode each Wednesday. Thanks so much for your support. Possible with the help of March Made Media and Leonie Tillman at English for Business.